Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota, and I want to share with you three ways that God can bring you peace in confusing times. Three ways God can bring you peace in confusing times. So today in the world, there's so much confusion and sickness and fear and anger. There's debating, protests, conflict, violence, uncertainty, um, debates over should we wear masks or shouldn't we? Actually, now in Minnesota, you're required by law to wear the masks everywhere. So uh, people debate that. And there's just storms of life, storms in life. And if we don't know how to live, if we don't know um, the way that God created us and God's plan for our life, it's really hard to have peace in these storms of life. It's really hard to have peace during these difficult times. It's hard to be able to say it's going to be okay, God is in control if we don't believe in God and we don't believe He's in control. So how can we learn? How can we find out more about God? That's what I want to share with you in the few minutes that we have. So uh, if we don't know God, we how can we have peace when we struggle uh, in life? Or how about when we're about to die? So Paul and Silas are giving instructions to the uh, Thessalonians, and they want to teach them a way to live that pleases God. And uh, they want to reaffirm that in their life. They want them to keep growing in their relationship with Christ. So they, uh, as we read this passage, um, point out that they are, Paul is writing, um, saying that what I'm writing is in the authority of Jesus Christ. His signature's on it. Uh, this is from the Lord. This is the way that God wants you to live. You know, pleasing God leads to peace. Uh, well, peace with God. Uh, sometimes it causes conflict with your family and your friends and your co-workers, maybe your boss or your team. But true peace and power for living come through Jesus Christ. And that's really what we need in our life. And so I just want to share with you three ways that um, we can find that peace. Uh, and we have so much time. This passage, there's 12 verses, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 12. I could talk a long time on different parts of this passage, but the things as I prayed about it, the things I wanted to focus on that I feel led to focus on right now is one, peace comes from living to please God. Number two, peace comes from living holy, sanctified. And number three, peace comes from living with love and respect. So those are the three things that I'm going to cover in a couple minutes here. So number one, peace comes from living to please God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are now living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, Paul and Silas, like I said, are writing to the uh, Thessalonians, teaching them how to live, and teaching them that their authority is through the Lord Jesus. So, Jesus uh, died on the cross. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He put the ministry into the hands of the apostles. Uh, with the Holy Spirit, He gives them... Uh, the information that they need to share, uh, many of them through letters of the epistles, and that's where we get the Bible, the Word of God from. The Bible is actually uh, a library of 66 books, not just one book uh, where it starts from beginning uh, to end like a novel. So, But just think about that. I mean, do you know a lot about the Bible? Do you know a lot about um, what God desires from you? A lot of people know what God desires from them, and then they don't do it, and they feel guilty. Uh, 
But a lot of people don't even have a clue now. People are biblically illiterate and don't know. So, but just think about it. Out of all the things that you could choose to learn, all the interests that you could pursue, all the different philosophies you could adopt and worldview, the worldview that you base your life on, where is God in it? Where is God in it? And how do you see God? And what have you done about your faith in Jesus and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit? Do you have that? Is that something that you want? So, um, wisdom and knowledge from our Creator in heaven. I mean, don't you want to know what that is? So, learning about and following Jesus leads to peace in times of trouble. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world you will have trouble. We all have trouble. Uh, there's health trouble, money trouble, job trouble, um, just sometimes life is boring or depressing. Uh, sometimes we get anxious because we don't know how the future is going to turn out. Sometimes uh, we get angry. Um, sometimes things just seem so unfair. Sometimes uh, people make our lives really difficult. Uh, storms in life. Lots of trouble. Jesus went through lots of trouble. If you read about Jesus in the Bible, you know that Jesus went through lots of different kinds of trouble. And Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus wants to show us how to overcome the world, how to accomplish God's purposes here on earth and to live a life that's more blessed. And then to be assured heaven. What a great thing. But in order to have that, we need to have God in our life. We need Jesus in our life. You know, Romans 8, 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. You know, if we're pursuing the things of the flesh, the things that we lust after, the things that we desire, uh, we want money, we want excitement, we want power, we want um, pleasure, uh all these different things, and we're pursuing that, and we're pursuing our own selfishness instead of the things of God, that's not going to lead to peace. That's not going to lead to a high quality of life. However, there's people that are pursuing uh, the Lord, and they are making sacrifices. They're living in the Spirit, and they um, don't always have every single thing that they want. Uh, life is not always comfortable, um, but they have peace—a peace that says, "You know what? This is going to. This isn't ideal. This isn't comfortable, uh, but this is enough. This is good enough. This is uh, peace. I have a peace in God. I have a peace within my soul, even though everything's falling apart around me. That it's going to be okay. That God's got me." So Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. So we're supposed to have the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. You know, when we are afraid, when we don't know what to do, uh, we need to pray. We need to ask the Lord to help us, to show us which door to go through, to show us which opportunity to pursue, to show us where we can get those needs, needs met. To pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. To pray and to seek the Lord, Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and he'll provide everything that we need. As we are pursuing the Lord and we're asking for things, specific things that we need, we can expect answers. And sometimes God uses people like you and me to provide those answers. So it is a great thing when we're, be able to, we're able to experience God through either receiving or giving and sharing. So that is a great thing. So um, Philippians 4, 7 says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we have God's peace in our life, uh, helps us 
to not be anxious or as anxious. I know some Christians who are anxious. Uh, some people say, if you're anxious, you're a sinner. Well, uh, we do need to trust God. And the Bible says, don't be anxious for anything, uh, but cast all your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. But still, there's times when we feel anxious and other times when we feel bold. Um, those are just the roller coaster of emotions that we go through. But sometimes when we're proclaiming God's promises uh, that he's going to answer our prayer, and pray, our prayer and get us through, and we've surrounded ourselves with other Christians who are praying for us and encouraging us, it helps us to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And that only comes through God. It only comes through uh, the relationship through God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And um, moving on to Christ, um, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you been justified by faith? Have you uh, had your sin account paid for? Uh, we're all sinners. Every one of us sins. Uh, we do things that dishonor God, separates us from God. Sin is something that God can't uh, deal with. He's too holy. Uh, so uh, he made a way for us to be saved through having Jesus die on the cross for our sins, taking our penalty upon himself. Jesus died on the cross, and then he rose again. I showed he had power over death and victory over sin. And then he was seen by over 500 others, and then he ascended into heaven and said he's coming back. And then he um, not only taught us how to live here on earth, but also uh, gave the apostles and the Holy Spirit to help us to, uh, to serve, to grow, to worship, to live. And so we're justified through faith, uh, faith in Christ, believing upon Jesus Christ. Have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? A great way to do that is by praying, by asking, by telling Jesus that you want Jesus in your life, that you are following after him, that you have faith in him, uh, praying something like, Lord Jesus, I believe in you, and I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. Help me to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. And that is a great prayer to pray. And if you prayed that prayer, let us know so we can get you a new Believer's New Testament or get you a link to uh, resources to help you grow in your Christian faith, like the New Life Bible app from the Gideons in Canada. That's actually a great app. All right. Um, so we really need to get God's Word in our life. And, you know, I talk about that a lot, but that's huge. So I can, you know, talk to you here 20, 25 minutes on a Sunday, but that's not enough to keep you growing in Christ. Um, sometimes you fill your life up with books about the Bible, but the best thing you can do is get into the Bible. I always like the Life Application Study Bible, um, New Living Translation or New International Version. Uh, I guess there's an English Standard Version too. But anyway, um, it has notes in it that help you to apply that scripture to your life and give you more insights as to uh, what was the audience that the uh, passage was written to and uh, how did it affect them and how um, did they deal with it and how do we deal with it and how can we apply the passage to our life and how can we know and grow more. Um, great resource. But 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17, Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, How from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So the Bible gives you the information that you need to please God, uh, to find that peace from pleasing God. And um, peace comes from living to please God. Verse 16, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
Now, nobody wants to be, a lot of people want to be taught. Um, actually, you pay professors at college or whatever, uh, seminary, graduate school, seminars. You'll pay people to teach you things, uh, even life coaches and other uh, performance coaches. Uh, correcting, nobody really likes correcting, but it's good. Somebody helps you to, um, you know, see what you need to do to change to be more successful. Training, that's good. Uh, rebuking, that's not always fun. When somebody says, you know, you are wrong, you're off course, you're actually going the wrong way, and uh, let me help you get on the right track. That's a good thing. You know, Psalm 119, uh, the longest chapter in the Bible. If you open your Bible, like right to the middle, usually you'll find Psalm 119. But anyway, uh, verse 5 through 11 uh, in the New Living Translation says, Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees, then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learned your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So, uh, looking to see in God's word uh, how we're supposed to live. Looking to see in God's word um, the things that really matter to God. Um, memorizing God. Uh, memorizing, memorizing God's word and obeying uh, God. So, um, Psalm 119. It's a great one to read. All right, number two. Number two, peace comes from living holy, sanctified. Holy, sanctified. So 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 8. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. And then it has a colon. So then it says, in this way, basically. It's God's will that you should be sanctified, and this is how you do it. One of the ways you do it. One aspect of how you do it. That you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. So again, this is Paul is writing, hey, you know what? I'm giving you a message straight from God. And it says that you need to live this way and not do these things. And if you reject this message and do your own thing, that you are not rejecting me, Paul, or some other human being, you are rejecting God. And you know, when we reject God, that comes with consequences. God designed us. God created us. He knows how we are formed and made. And he knows the things that are going to destroy us. And these things, um, sexual immorality, having no control over the way that we live our life, uh, passionately pursuing things with lust, uh, all of those types of things, wronging our brothers and sisters, uh, taking advantage of them, uh, the Lord's going to punish those those types of sins, and, and you're warned, and we're warned. So we're supposed to live a holy life. Now, um, uh, I know that I said holy, sanctified, and uh, A.B. Simpson uh, lived about 100 years ago, wrote a bunch of good books and articles, was the founder of this group that we're part of called the Christian and Missionary Alliance, and he actually wrote a book called Holy, Sanctified, W-H-O-L-L-Y, Sanctified, Great book. You should read it sometime. Uh, you can read it for free. I'll, probably, I'll try to remember to put a link in the YouTube description to where you can read that book for free. 
But anyway, so sanctification is being set apart to God, being set apart to the Lord. Uh, sanctification, the lifelong process of spiritual growth, also called growing in grace. As we are taught, study, and apply God's word, we are sanctified or become more and more like the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And that's what the Lord uses to sanctify us is the Holy Spirit and his words. So 1 Corinthians 1.30 uh, talks about how Jesus is our positional sanctification. So uh, we are sanctified, we are set apart uh, from sin, and we are set apart to God through Jesus Christ. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, 1 Corinthians 1.30 out of the English Standard Version. So the Life Application Bible Commentary, when it talks about sanctification, says, This process continues throughout every believer's lifetime on earth, preparing him or her for heaven. God takes the old patterns and behaviors and transforms them to his standards and will. Those who are being sanctified have accepted Christ as Savior and are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in their lives, making them more and more like Christ. And there's a great article, or, or some articles, at the Christian and Missionary Alliance website about sanctification. But uh, for the sake of time, I don't have a lot of time to talk a lot about sanctification, but we are supposed to live holy lives. God's desire is that we choose to live holy lives that we choose to put off sin and to uh, take on righteousness, that we choose to be filled by the Spirit and to um, live that holy life. Uh, again, sometimes we don't feel like we measure up. Sometimes we feel like we could never be holy, but it's the Lord working through us, the Spirit working through us. And as we continue to grow in Christ, as we continue to grow in the Word, as we continue to walk with other believers at the local church, uh, we usually mature and grow in our faith and teach others, and it's a great thing. So, 1 Peter 1, 15-16, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 15-16, out of the English Standard Version. The New Testament changed the generally accepted practice of sexual immorality that was everywhere outside of Judaism. As our culture the one we're in now. As our culture is now rapidly moving away from the teachings of the Bible, we see immorality everywhere, on TV, radio, smartphones, the internet, in magazines, movies, everywhere. Our culture portrays sexual immorality as exciting, liberating, and acceptable, while the marriage of one man and one woman is often pictured as old-fashioned, confining, and dull. Again, this instruction is from God, and the Holy Spirit guides us in truth and convicts us of sin. And what's really sad is that some people that do live um, moral lives, uh, are faithful in marriage, uh, don't want to admit that because they think that other people in society will laugh at them or call them names or whatever, which is so sad. It should be the other way around. It's like the people who should be ashamed are the ones bragging, and the people that have no reason to be ashamed are the ones hiding it or even lying uh, or not sharing uh, how they're being faithful to their husband or wife and not following into uh, types of sexual immorality. But peace comes from living holy, sanctified, set apart to the Lord, uh, holy lives that honors God. Sexual immorality is sexual intimacy outside of the boundaries God established and Jesus taught of one married man and one married woman together for a lifetime. You know, lust can actually be idolatry. 
turning your affections and and priorities away from God, and uh, as you're focused more on that person that you're wanting than on God. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. Uh, One, uh, Proverbs 6.32 says, A man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Uh, When you step out of bounds, if you're married, uh, you risk everything. So your paycheck may be divided even though you're not married. You may lose many of your possessions. You may lose family, uh, in-laws, friends. Um, Kids' lives will be ruined. Everything will be ruined. It's like... Uh, it's like an earthquake that goes through your home and just rips everything apart and causes a big divide. And um, a man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Proverbs 6.32. Proverbs 12.11 talks about how uh, pursuing sexual immorality, um, well, it talks about fantasies. Uh, So you can have all sorts of different fantasies here. Proverbs 12.11, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. In Proverbs 28, 18 to 19, the one whose walk is blameless is kept safe, but the one whose ways are perverse will fall into the pit. Those who work with their la- work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. So, I mean, okay, chasing fantasies when it comes to sexual immorality. All right, so say you find somebody, uh, not your husband or your wife, or somebody uh, that makes themselves available. Um, is that person going to be a reliable person? Is that a godly person that you want to spend time with? Is that somebody that you want to share your body with and possibly uh, put yourself at risk for catching diseases? Uh, is that somebody that um, you want to go through the rest of your life remembering? Uh, the fantasy is that uh, nobody's going to find out. The fantasy is that um, it will be really fun and it doesn't really make a difference, it doesn't really matter. The fantasy is that you can do these things and God doesn't care, and that no one is going to do anything about it. The fantasy is that um, it's uh, making your life more exciting, and therefore you should give into it. Uh, Those are all lies, and you can take every one of those and uh, map out how they can destroy your life, cause you sadness and difficulty and heartache, and just mess everything up. Peace comes from living holy and sanctified and sexually pure. So in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, and older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So think about that. Um, if you're a woman, um, think about, okay, what if that was your father? What if that were your brother? Uh, or women. Um, When men think about women, what if that were your mother? What if that were your sister? How would you want them to be treated? How would you treat them? Uh, That changes the perspective, I think. So anyway, with absolute purity, God's design for sex and marriage is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12 through chapter 7. And also Proverbs chapter 5 has warnings against adultery that you'd want to read. Proverbs 5, 21 to 23, after the warning against adultery, um, it ends, Proverbs chapter 5 ends with, The Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. 
And that is the scary warning that we need to heed. Uh, Romans chapter 1 also talks about how people are trapped by lustful passions and ignorant of God because they've chosen to ignore the knowledge of God that they've been given. And they ignore these messengers who bring good news to them. So, um, again, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the sexual immorality part. But it's in the passage. And to live holy, sanctified, sexually pure lives, uh, caring for people with self-control is going to uh, honor the Lord. It's going to keep the church healthy. It's going to help you to live at peace. It is going to help in so many ways. So um, if you've already crossed the line, ask the Lord to forgive you and to help you not do it any, anymore and move forward and try to stay pure, try to stay holy, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to help you memorize some verses and that will help. Number three, and this is my last point, number three, peace comes from living with love and respect. Peace comes from living with love and respect, which is funny because that's another book title on, I think it's a marriage one, uh, Love and Respect. Another good book. But anyway, I wasn't too creative in my sermon uh, points today. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write you. Uh, actually, in the Greek, uh, Philadelphia is the Greek word for brotherly love right there. So, so there's two types of love right here in this, in this verse. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, now about your Philadelphia, your brotherly love for one another, we do not need to write you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. That's a different kind of love. Taught by God to agape, love, or agapeo, uh, God to love each other. And that is a, God, a type of love that comes from God. That is a type of love that is actually uh, one of the spiritual gifts, uh, for one of the fruits of the Spirit. So I, I should read the rest of the passage. Okay, anyway. About your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. So, uh, let's look at this for a minute. So, we are to love and to care. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. And then, that agape love that comes from God, uh, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's one of the first fruits. Uh, so as we're growing in the Lord, as we are following after the things of God, we develop love. God shows us His love, and that love flows through us to others. It flows to others who are Christ followers in our, in our Christian family, in our church, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And as we're continuing to grow, we also develop a love for lost people who aren't saved in the same way that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but have eternal life. It's the same kind of love that we pour out on people that aren't saved in hopes that they will become saved. So um, anyway, uh, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against things such things there is no law. Galatians 5.22. So the Holy Spirit helps us to love each other, to love others. Uh, true faith leads to deep love for other Christ followers. 
First Peter 1.22, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have a sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. You know, some of our best friends aren't uh, our biological brothers and sisters. Sometimes they're the ones that we have in church. So uh, be a friend to someone in church. Uh, reach out, make connections. Make sure that the connections that you're making aren't being selfish, aren't, don't have some motive. So if you have a side business, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to invite people to hear about your side business, but also invite people just to not hear about your side business to um, find out about, um, to just be, be your friend, uh, whether or not they, they buy your product or are interested in your sport or, or whatever. Um, so anyway, First uh, John 4.21, he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So we love and we respect and we are respectable. So it's not a good thing when a Christ follower is not respectable. When your boss at work says that you are lazy, that is not a good thing. When people look at you and say, yeah, well, you say you're a Christian, but you sure don't do much to help this organization, or you sure don't work very hard, or you're not an asset, and you don't try, uh, that's not good. That's not the way that God wants you to live. Peace comes from living with love and respect. When we love each other and we love God, there's peace that comes from that. And we, when we are living in a respectable way and we respect others, there's peace that comes from that too. So First Thess- or Second Thessalonians 3.11, um, we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busybodies. So uh, it's not respectable to be idle, disruptive, busybodies. It's not respectful. Maybe these people did not have, didn't have enough to do. Maybe um, something uh, happened and they lost their jobs. And instead of uh, doing something worthwhile with their extra time, maybe, maybe they had something like we have and they were on unemployment and they had absolutely nothing to do. So they were idle, disruptive, busybodies. Um, there are so many other things that you could be doing with your time that are more worthwhile if you aren't working. So, uh, the Bible actually says that if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So, um, and we, when we help people, we should make sure that they are doing something to work. Um, second Thessalonians 3.10, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. So uh, there was this pastor that was at the church and this guy that was out of work came along and he said, Pastor, is there anything I could do to earn some extra money? I'm out of a job. I need to, I need to earn some money. Can I do anything around the church? Is there any church work I can do? And the pastor looked at the building and looked at the man and he said, can you paint? And he's like, sure. So the pastor gave the guy some money uh, to go down to the hardware store and buy some paint and some brushes to paint the church. And the pastor uh, came out to inspect the guy's work and then realized that uh, the guy hadn't like been very honest with the spending of the money for paint because the pastor had to tell the man, he had to say, repaint and thin no more. Anyway, that was almost like a dad joke. So being a poor quality worker is like being uh, a vandal or an arsonist or a destroyer. Uh, Proverbs 18.9 says, one who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. So don't be slack in your work. You know, depending on what your work is, if you don't do your job correctly, you can cause all sorts of trouble. So the product may fail, somebody may get hurt, so many different things. 
respecting people in authority. The Bible talks about respecting people in authority in 1 Peter 2.13-17. to Here's what it says. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. So uh, the Life Application Bible Commentary talks about gaining respect. And here's what it says. Paul encouraged the believers to be contributing members, not parasites, to be self-supporting, not dependent on others. In Thessalonica, some believers had abandoned their responsibilities so their conduct could have brought condemnation on the church. Our conduct in our neighborhood and in our workplace should reflect our role as ambassadors of Christ. Does your attitude at work reflect your Christian commitment? Show enthusiasm for what you do. Follow through on details assigned to you. Even in details, non-Christians will scrutinize our Christian contact, conduct. Scrutinize our Christian conduct. So, anyway, um, I am done with my message. And I hope that uh, you found something in it to encourage you and to help you to grow in Christ and to find peace in these difficult times. So if you want to hear or watch more of these messages, you can go to riverrockchurch.com slash watch to see more videos, riverrockchurch.com slash listen to see all the different services that the audio version of this is on and uh, to find ways to listen to past messages. I think on some of the services like Spotify and iTunes, I think there's like 100 or 120 past messages or something like that. And then if you want us to pray for you, go to riverrockchurch.com pray. And if you could help support this ministry to keep it going, you can go to riverrockchurch.com give. So we are meeting outside tomorrow if it's not pouring rain. And, uh, but we don't know exactly where we're meeting because we can't make reservations for the park. So we were meeting in a uh, parking lot, which was great and private, So, uh, but there was no covering to uh, keep you from getting hit by the sun. So we've been going to the city parks. That's first come, first serve. Can't make reservations for it right now, but we did get permission to uh, use it if we're the first ones there. So once we find a place to meet, we post it on our website one hour before the service so that people can come, bring your own chairs. Uh, if you're unable to social distance, you have to wear a mask according to the regulations. So maybe you just want to bring a mask in your pocket just in case. And um, again, we hope that you find this encouraging. We hope that you could uh, that you would send us uh, a note or or something and let us know uh, what ways we can help and and how these messages have been helpful. We have a private uh, Facebook group, My River Rock, um, something or another, on the screen here. Uh, what is it? I think it's just called My River Rock. Uh, Facebook community uh, that you can plug into. So it's so funny. I can't remember that right now. And there's lightning out the window. But nonetheless, let me pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for whoever has watched this. Lord, I pray you'd use it for good. So many things could be said about this passage. I pray that people would read it, ponder it, ask the Holy Spirit to help them apply it to their lives. Help them to live holy, sanctified lives, Lord. Help them to find peace through uh, learning how to please you. Uh, being in Jesus Christ, that's one of the first things that pleases you. And uh, to live in love 
and respect. So Jesus, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it.